0: Thank you,
1: Bonsoir.
0: Gregory works here. Bonsoir,
1: now. we're on the here. air. Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is the Road Taken. Don't stop not there's stop. Okay. <laughs> and I'm saying Bonsoir. Okay. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. This is Louise Polanker, and um, this is the Road Taken Celebrity Roadmaps to Success. I, yes, my notes have coffee on them because I was writing them up in the bathroom where I have spilled an entire cup of coffee. Why did I say Bonsoir? Nobody wants to hear a Why Bronx Nobody wants to hear a Bronx girl saying, Bonsoir. But um, especially this Bronx girl, but I, I have a life-changing story. Really? That since the last time are, I saw you. Are you a man? I'm not a man. Oh. Okay. Go ahead. But yes. There is a man involved. Ah! Ah! See, this is a good this is a good story. Okay. Okay, so I have actually had a kind of life changing experience it's, in a matter of a week. Like uh-huh. like like oh my god okay so I'm gonna tell you about it okay so and I haven't told I'm not I can't get those days are over otherwise yeah. it could it could have happened well no but anyway so stop <laughs> so I haven't told Louise a word about this and I, I always like tell her stuff before the show and I didn't tell her a word because I want I want a genuine reaction okay so what have I been seeking like for as long as you know me golden candy
0: no I, I'm not no love come on. A relationship thank you okay so well
1: okay so i had an epidural on friday so that's a shot that you get in your back after a car accident and i had general anesthesia and so i spent the rest of the day and night in bed watching netflix because that's what you do right Mm -hmm. i got all these great recommendations i was binging shows and i was watching one show on tnt what is it called it's called good behavior and if you haven't seen good behavior i recommend it i'm in like the fourth episode i'm really enjoying it but anyway, if you if you stream a show on regular TV, you have to watch commercials. They don't let you not watch commercials. Right. There is a space that you cannot fast forward. You can mute that's what you can mute, but you but you but the time so while the time I I'm I'm a multitasker yeah and so I so what do I do I start swiping on tinder because I'm bored and I I haven't even been using the tinder but I I was bored so all of a sudden there's this like dreamy like black-and-white picture of this like really soulful looking guy and I'm like wait a minute he's five thousand five hundred and sixty miles away but I don't know my gut sometimes I just listen to my gut so I swipe right I never swipe right. I swipe right. Mm-hmm. And like two minutes later, I get a message. And he had um, a, a foreign name.
0: And okay. I'm not going to say his name because I, I don't want to say a I,
1: prince in Nigeria? He's not a prince in Nigeria. So he had a foreign name that actually sounded more uh, Latin, mm-hmm. but he's actually French. And he was in Paris. But I said you must have been in LA. Don't send him okay, money. Wait. So I said, but you you must have been in LA because you came up in my Tinder deck. You must have been in LA recently. Yes, I was there a couple of days ago, and I'll be back there
0: tomorrow. Oh, this doesn't sound good. Okay.
1: What do you mean this doesn't sound good? So wait. So now we start to chat, and the guy's pretty dreamy, pretty mm-hmm. damn dreamy. I mean, and the he pictures says,
0: that they take from. So the and restaurant. he says, what
1: are you doing for the next four days? And so okay. it turns out he's a pilot. He is oh a jet God, pilot. He's not a real person. He's, wait, so he's a jet pilot, but he has long hair. And I was like, how do you do, do, how do you get it under the cap? Oh, pilots don't wear caps anymore. Pilots don't wear caps. I didn't even know that. I didn't even notice. Did you notice that pilots don't wear hats? I'm anymore? I'm noticing he's
0: not a real person.
1: Wait. So, so anyway, so, so, um, so, so he said, is there anything I can bring you from Paris? So what was my answer, Louise? A real person. No, my answer was romance. And so, do you know what? That's what he brought. So I had one of the best days of my life. So you've met him. I have met him. He uh-huh. is a real person, and I'm not saying his name. But, um, but um, yes, a real person, and it was fantastic. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay. He doesn't like rock and roll. Uh He listens to house. We don't like each other's music. He knows nothing. He's not into pop culture at all. Like, like I was like trying to impress him with all the people that I like have on my show. He, no, I bet you both like your money. Wait, no, he's, he's got, he's a pilot. He's successful. So. He is a (laughs) pilot. So, so wait, so then, so you're interrupting my flow. So I'm trying to say, no, I'm trying to say, oh, Santa's going to be at my house. And he looks at me and I'm like, you know, elf? No, didn't didn't know elf. Because he's not, they don't have that in Nigeria. He's not from Nigeria. He's from Paris. So anyway, so, so anyway, so yeah having Santa in the house was not impressive but Ed Asner will be in the house on January 2nd and I think Ed Asner is gonna be our guest on the show next week I'm waiting to get confirmation but anyway so anyway so we found out there were all these differences and everything but viva la difference if you know what I mean so so I had I had a magical fantastical time I'm thrilled so so here's the thing though you know like there's all kinds of reasons why this cannot work right so but the so so How, what do you do when you have, like, one of the best days of your life, this incredible time with this incredible human being, and you know that it's going to end? So, so while it was happening, Mm -hmm. there was none of that. It was romance, 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 fantastic. But I have to say that, you know, I, it's like that, riding that wave and then crashing, it was like, um... So, as I go back to work today and and do the road taken, mm-hmm. he has gone back, and he is flying this evening back to france and um but we will we will always have torrents <laughs> How ironic that. We'll always have Paris, is what you normally say,
0: but I'm with a Parisian saying we will only have Torrance. But anyway. I think you should curl up with the bridges of Madison County and have yourself a nice crowd. Well,
1: so, I, you know, it's, and so, but that's the thing. That was kind of my question. That was kind of the, the spark of the evening is that, you know, it, is it better to have loved and lost than never to have, Yes, Yes, I have no regrets. I'm so glad. But I'm sad. You I know think you have to manage your expectations in I, any
0: relationship. Yes. And so enjoy it for what it is. Well I
1: enjoy it for what it was, because it already is a was. That's the thing. It's already a was. So it's not that it's not that he's dead or anything and that, that um, oh I'm, I'm putting this stuff. It's not that I might never see him again or anything, but it, it's a lot I mean I think we had we had what we had. Yeah. And I have and that's the thing. It's about not having any expectations about the future. And uh, I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but I mean, you know, it, we live in two very different worlds. He's, he's like so lo- He like meditates for a half hour. You know, when I try to meditate, I put on Deepak and I'm thinking about what I'm eating for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, have a really, he, he surfs he, he, he's lovely. He's lovely. He's wow. And, oh, and this is the other part. <laughs> you know, I, I'm in a couple of programs
0: mm-hmm.
1: and one of them is for people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And and I well I've been saying for years that I would like to to connect with somebody from program <laughs> because when when you're in recovery you speak a certain there's, there's a right. language mm-hmm. there's a 12, the twelfth mm, there's these mm. these suggestions of things to do and try not to break traditions like guidelines and it, for life. Yeah, there are guidelines for life and I think they should be posted over every post office over every bus over every everything and everybody in the world if we if the world adhered to. Yeah. Those principles, we would all be in much better shape. But in any case, um, so it turns out he, he is in the People, Places, and Things version of a program. But in, in Paris, there's only 20 people in, in the whole... Anyway, yeah. But I just want to say that if you're going to have a fling with someone, mm-hmm. doing it with a people pleaser is a really good idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, so... Um, so... So or, you got pleased. So I got pleased. Right. And... Um, au revoir, mon amour. <laughs> um, yes. So anyway, so that was that. So now I want to tell you about Rick Smolke, who... of uh, Quick Impressions, yeah. who... Just thinking, I, I mean... Hmm... Rick Smolke, Quick Impressions, who um, makes a printer, the best printers printing in Chicago, but they ship everywhere. And they made my tissue boxes and my bookmarks and my business cards. And uh, the galley of my book, Don't Jump, which is available on Amazon, Um, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and My Fucking Mother. I love my mother. It's not about her. Um, So anyway, um, there's that out of the way. So so anyway, so tonight's guest. uh, You know, before we get to tonight's guest, I just want to say we we did this little joke. Louise had the great line. But... um, (laughs) <laughs> Gregory Harrison tonight's guest had this great suggestion we were going to post for a picture to, to post on social media and he said oh let's do it now Franken and so um so we did and then what was your line they went full Franken we went full Franken and so um so we had this very interesting discussion before we went we went live which we're going to pick up and you'll be a part of but in the meantime Let's just talk about Gregory Harrison for a oh minute. I want to talk dreamy. Yeah, he's so dreamy. So last night on the on the thread, I put uh, somebody said for ladies only. I, my my friend Michael Morada, who's married very happily married to his his um, to Tony Capone, mm-hmm. and he said for ladies only. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Gregory Harrison is not for ladies only. Yeah. But um, even though he might, but anyway, he's he's been married for 37 years. I want to say 37 years, four kids. So. All of that other stuff uh, was just for play, for showtime, for playtime, show play Okay. but Trapper John and D, I I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Logan's Run. Yeah. And and he was in Jeffrey Sherman's uh, The Au Pair, 1, 2, and 3. Wendy Lieben told me about that. Hi, Wendy. And um, uh, I, I can't even be, credits, so I'm like, he, he's recently in the middle, One Tree Hill, and oh sisters that's where I first that's that's where I like really attached to Gregory sisters was big for me but but Gregory unbeknownst to you was my co-star okay so I only had three lines in the whole movie but I was around for the for for the whole thing yeah but he was um, one of the stars of the m-word and um and so I got to know him a little bit and he is as lovely as he is on screen, and what a, what a tremendous uh, actor he is, he's just a beautiful personality, a beautiful person, which we're gonna get to know. Also, a Vietnam vet, which we're gonna talk about that. Um, he was born and raised on Catalina Island. This is some weird shit to talk about. So anyway, so we are now going to welcome Gregory Harrison. Yay! Yay! Okay, so Gregory, come. Why, why am Thank I talking you, about this? Gregory, welcome. As if we haven't finished. Should s- we do the Franken? We no,
2: should.
1: Wait, do, wait, no, no, we've done the Franken. We, we, we,
2: we've done the full Franken.
1: We're only allowed one, I think. We're <laughs> only allowed. We're only around Allowed. I'm making sure we're actually live. Are we on the air and we're live? Is it there? Wait a minute. I. How come I don't see it? Is it on? It's there's a delay. You know why? Because that's Twitter. I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm You're ref- not I'm, re- on I'm refreshing Twitter. Unless we right? keep it under? Oh, I- look how many people are already talking. characters. Andy Hall, do you? Know- Let me see if any of your friends are on here. That I have known Gregory and his family since I was a little girl. Uh, Brianna French. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From from Oregon. So there you go. Yeah. So all right. Her so. And her
2: whole Huge family. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I'm going to make, I want you to cheat to the, I'm going to look at you, but I want you to look at them because you, because you have to look at that face, at that face, that face. So, okay, so. Congratulations
2: have, on your, your new love. Oh, that's great.
1: Thank you. We'll I you always, know,
2: you'll always have torrents. We'll
1: always have Torrance. Think about
2: this. It yeah. could have been El Segundo. Ah.
1: You're so right. Yeah. So you're,
2: Torrance you're, is okay.
1: And then when I actually wrote that to him to tell him, um, spell check, correct, uh, or I don't know if it was spell check or that my thumbs were bad, but I misspelled Torrance and put e Ian, and he corrected me. <laughs> um, so, so you, that, so that's good. So, um, okay. So, 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 what do you think about that? Before we move on to Kathleen and you, so. If you had an opportunity, I mean, you've been married a long time, but you you had love before that. You had relationships before that. Mm-hmm. If you had an opportunity and you knew you were only getting like one shot, you were only getting 24 hours, would you do it?
2: Well, I did it.
1: There you go. I okay. mean, I was,
2: I was, you know, I was uh, single in the 70s. What does that tell you? So was I. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, you know, I only had one, one one-night stand in all of... I, I, was, I always had a boyfriend. Really? Yeah, because I always had a boyfriend and Good then you. so then even when I was being even in my wildest, it would recur it would be like same time next week or same time next year or mm-hmm, same time mm-hmm. next month. But I only had one like anonymous guy that I have no idea from a party and it was horrible and I hated it and I like snuck out in the morning and I said, I don't like doing this. A so. lot of them
2: don't turn out well. <laughs> But every now and then. Every
1: now and, every now and then. Really? A, you get one like that. I this? have to
2: tell you, you just experienced. Well,
1: well, but this wasn't like that. I mean, we—he actually courted me for um, for a two full, you know, like a whole night of texting, and then a, a two-hour phone call. And, <laughs> so there was there was some courtship involved, and um, and also we spent an entire day. A sort of
2: newfangled courting.
1: It's a new it takes thing. less than twelve well, hours. Well, but that was the thing: was everything had to be speeded up because yeah. we knew we had this limited amount of time. Right. So, and we did, actually didn't even use all our time because it got kind. You know, it, it's kind of weird. But anyway, what it was was fantastic, and Good. so. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> oh God, so, and, and, and the thing was, you know, the thing that I love the most about it is that when he asked me what he could bring me from Paris and I said romance, I really didn't think it was, con- I mean, how great is, what, how great is that? He delivered romance. Special delivery. I love that. Okay, so Catalina Island, how, how, does, how does your family <clears throat> end up on Catalina Island?
2: Um go back three generations or two generations is actually. That so yeah, I'm the third generation islander um my grandfather went there around nineteen hundred and uh,
1: because
2: he was from Ireland, and uh he was well, this is a long story but basically he was he, he had a as a as a young young man who was working as a lumberjack up in Canada and he had a kind of uh some kind of of disease that that, uh, affected him, affected his ability, his bones, his joints. The doctor in New York said he had to go out out west where- Dry? Yeah, dry, like to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So uh, the story goes that he he hoboed his way out, basically. Wow. He and a buddy hoboed their way out on the train. And And there's no grandma yet? No. He's not? No. and it didn't heal anything in Arizona, the dry oh. desert and all that. And they, they said, no, no, it's the Pacific Ocean that'll, that will that. You've got to go to the Pacific Ocean. So they hoboed their way out to Redondo. At the time, there was this big thing called the Plunge.
1: Wait, that is a total disconnect. You cannot hobo to Redondo. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, that just... they actually,
2: yeah. actually, they used to have a, a, a red line, they called it, that would go and finish right in Redondo at a big thing called the Plunge. And in fact, the first surfer in wow. California, George Freeth, started teaching surfing right there in, in Redondo Beach. Is that so? Yeah, I'm being a surfer, I have all that uh, 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 I have, history. I had a little surfer. But, but so he, he, he got in the ocean and, and Redondo didn't work. And they said, no, no, it's not this ocean, it's that ocean. Oh, over, stop. No, over on that island. And that's where the healing waters are. So he and his buddy went over to the Catalina. How old is he? There was a, he was 20. Okay. And there was a tenth city there at the time. Mm-hmm. This is nineteen oh three or four. Wow. And, Who knew? And this? he stayed there for a couple of weeks and was well.
0: Wow. That
1: is crazy talk. Wait, so did he, you started, have, he started. did you have to he, get into the water or yeah, what was it just? He learned to swim oh, oh. He
2: and to swim. and then he, he he swam so well that he, he could hold his breath, so he started these glass bottom boats with a couple other people who had these little rowboats with mm-hmm. glass bottoms and he would dive underneath and feed the fish, hold his breath and feed the fish and wave at the people looking through the glass boxes and and he got so good at it he became the world record holder. Three minutes, forty eight seconds, Get postcards here. he'd sell champion of the world.
1: I love this
0: story. Yeah, and then and then what was his name? Let's give him some
2: Edgar Edgar Harrison. Well,
0: Edgar same, Harrison. Was, same as my father. My
2: father was Edgar Mercer Harrison the second. And uh, and my father was born in 1912,
1: and, and... So wait, so what did they do for a living in Catalina?
2: Glass-bottom boats.
1: Glass-bottom glass boats. That's what he did. That's what he did. That you know, was his vocation. ran location. the glass-bottom
2: boats and dove for them. And uh, my father... And dove for He him. dove underneath them and held his, held his breath and fed the fish. And,
1: and you mean he, that was that was his vocation. That location. was part of the show. That was part of the, the show. show.
2: And and uh, my father was born in 1912, and, and my grandfather Edgar died in 1926 trying to find Amy Semple McPherson's body.
1: Stop.
2: She. Uh, what kind of
1: crazy she, story is she this? She dove
2: off the pier in in Santa Monica and said, "I'll reappear in in the desert in a few weeks." Uh, but this is to I'm going to do this miracle to prove that I she was a, a radio evangelist, like uh-huh. the big. Uh, evangel uh-huh. media evangelist, and and she dove up here and disappeared in front of thousands of people.
0: This is a crazy story. So
2: they story. the police and the divers who all wore these huge helmets uh-huh. with these long hoses, and you know they could barely they couldn't get in among the pilings, and they remembered. Oh wait, we have a guy. We have a constable that works for us. He's like the 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 constable in, in Avalon, mm-hmm. which my grandfather had also become constable. And uh, they said, he can free dive. He can get in among those pilings, so let's go get him. They got sent over a cigarette boat, picked him up real fast and brought him back. He dove all day looking for her body, couldn't find it. Banged into pilings. That night, uh, my father was uh, 14 years old and remembers his father moaning and groaning and being put back onto that cigarette boat and sent off to the mainland to a hospital and he died mid-channel peritonitis his kidney exploded and oh, poisoned my, him. No. Oh. so Amy Semple McPherson showed up in the desert a few weeks later It
0: was all a stunt oh well no oh. They, they,
2: they a few weeks after that a guy said oh. Amy, Amy Semple McPherson and I were trysting up in Santa Cruz me and a couple other guys at air hoses under the pier we whisked away and uh, And I'll testify to it in court because she had broken up with him, and he was angry wow. and uh, so they had a whole trial. It was like the o j Simpson trial of the twenties oh, big huge. media trial yeah. worldwide wow. and and, and uh, she was tried for. Fraud and second degree manslaughter for my girlfriend.
0: Oh my god. You know this story? Yeah, it overlaps with a lot of other period Los Angeles stories. Wow. Wow.
2: And and they didn't find her guilty of the fraud because the other two guys, of course, wouldn't tell. It was that he Uh said, she said, uh huh. So they said, well, I guess it was a miracle what she did. So there was no fraud, so there was no manslaughter. It was just a terrible
1: accident. Oh my goodness. Okay, wow. okay, so now your father's there. My father
2: became the glass bottom captain. I was just going to say, what did you do? ran them for fifty years, and uh, and in 1960...
1: So, so if I go there now, is there still a glass bottom boat? There is, but it's now it's, it's not, not your a family. Semi
2: submersible. No, those boats have all been either sunk or. Did you uh, ever do the glass bottom boat thing for a summer or
1: something? No,
2: I I, I never wanted to work for my dad because mm. he was a he was a tough guy, he was a tough captain and a great dad, but but. And now it was—it would have been hard for me to work for him. Mm-hmm. But I did take a lot of trips on that glass-bottom boat with him. And in 1965, wow. they shot a movie called *The Glass Bottom Boat*. I remember that movie. The First day and yes,
1: movie. I love I that movie. Actually, Arthur Godfrey
2: played my father.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, God.
2: And my dad's wow. boat was the one they filmed it on. And so this is fantastic. Who that are was we when, getting
1: these stories?
2: That was when I, I saw movie making. Up close ah. and personal just, you know, a few feet away from them filming these scenes.
1: Okay, how old are you when this is happening? Fifteen. Okay, so you're fifteen. When you're a little kid and you want to be something when you grow up, what's the first thing you wanted to be when you grow up?
2: Uh, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, did
0: I wanted you play to be baseball?
2: a baseball player. Yeah, I was, a, I was a really serious baseball player, but uh,
0: did you were you, that, you know a lot did of you a lot of dreams,
2: No. No I, mean, I, went, I, went, I was I was You were little. All California high school catcher in high school but I was a single A division it was a tiny little school in Avalon we had 16 guys in my class you know and I was a good player but nowhere near what I would have needed to be to even make it into the minor leagues so the dream you know I I, I sort of eventually by the time I was about 15 I knew that dream wasn't going to happen but the other dream had been that I'd, I'd been singing in variety shows and
1: Okay, Just so when, sort did, of
2: being a general that, ham my whole life.
1: How did that start? What do you remember? The first time you got on stage?
2: Yeah, I was in fourth grade, and it was a variety show, and I sang my Wild Irish Rose and Beautiful Dreamer.
1: I love that. <laughs> and love uh, that.
2: acapella and Ooh.
1: Uh,
2: and. Um, you, you
1: could have you could have auditioned I, for American Idol.
2: My knees were shaking. My knees were banging each other, and and I was so scared. But but the applause at the end of that um, was. Probably the sweetest sound I'd ever heard. Um, Obviously, I needed the uh, approval, and the and I did every school play and and every variety show and in this little town of twelve hundred people. Okay, but they shot a lot of movies. They shot they shot uh, Route sixty six. Shot a bunch of episodes Mm -hmm. over there. In fact, interesting thing. I'll I'll connect those dots. That's okay. Uh huh. Um, uh, Mora this movie with Marlon Brando and Yul Brenner shot filmed there was a, a ocean okay. about a ship mm-hmm. uh, in Europe, but they shot it in Catalina. Um, uh, there's all kinds of movies that shot over there, and I and I'd always watched from afar and been fascinated by them. But, so no,
1: actually you didn't do extra work. No, that? no. But huh? when
2: I but when I saw them shoot this thing up close, I this thing that I thought was actors to me were magicians. I'd sit mm-hmm. in that casino movie theater, this most beautiful theater first. First theater ever built in the world for talkie films, which is in Catalina. And, and I'd sit there and watch movies and I'd just be enraptured from my earliest memories. And I always assumed there was some trick to that that I'd never be able to learn, mm-hmm. to, to know that I wasn't worthy of. And when I watched them, I watched Doris Day and Rod Taylor mess up and do it again and mess up and do it again. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I can do that. I can do that. I can mess up and do it again. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I realized, oh, it's like this complicated puzzle, and you just do these little pieces, and then you fit them all together later. And
1: okay, so you wanted to, so so film acting, so, so, so 15, film acting called you. At
2: Fifteen? No, nah, I wasn't even film acting. I didn't, okay. I didn't know, I didn't understand film acting. Okay. I just I, it was my first glimpse of that. Oh, this is this is something that normal people, flawed people like me, can do. <laughs> And I decided I was. I decided I was going or to be an well, you know, actor? I, she made I saw her before makeup. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
2: just not not badmouthing Doris. She's just, just, a real a real woman. Yeah. 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 And, wow. Uh, real life. And Doris I decided I was makeup. going to be an actor, and I knew from that that day on I was going to be an actor.
0: Okay. So how'd you chase
1: that dream?
2: Um, I did every play I could in town, mm-hmm. um, community theater, high school theater, until I graduated. And then I...
1: Favorite role?
2: Oh, God. God, George in... Our Town? Huh?
1: In Our Town? town? No, no. Yeah, Yeah, George in Our
2: Town. Yeah. And I did another... I did a a little one act called The Valiant, where the guy's going off to get executed, and that was was pretty fun, Mm. too. Real dramatic.
1: Did you have when you started? Did you have well? And, and you also do musical theater. So, did you take dance classes? Did you take no, voice? No, no. never. No. I still don't know how to dance. Never did. Okay. Did you take voice classes? No, never took. Never voice took classes. classes. No. Did you take acting classes?
2: Uh, only after I got out of the army and the GI Bill paid for some acting classes in Hollywood. But but I got a story about that. Okay. Um, I love his stories. So so I I, I graduated from high school. Um, I go off on a surf trip for the summer. I come back. I start a community college, which I hated. I didn't want to mm. go there. I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to go straight to Hollywood. Um, my parents and my, say, my mother and father we were pressure. going, okay. oh, you don't understand. Oh, you don't understand. It's so hard. If it's mm. infested with sharks. And you, you know. <laughs> which was all true. Not the kind
1: that were on Catalina. Which but was all true. Night, but yes.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm but uh, so, so I... I I did so badly in, in college for the first three months that I got a draft notice. It was 1968, late, oh, uh, like, like did, October, was November the, of 1968.
1: Was, it be, was that before the lottery?
2: No, it was a lottery. It was a lottery. Number, I was number 32. I had to be in college or I was going to get drafted, oh. but I did so badly in, in those three months, and, uh, oh. and, and I got the draft notice. And then I had to make a decision, I had just turned 18, I mm-hmm. had to make a decision, do I want to go fight in the infantry or do I want to, you know, I mean, do I want to go to Sweden, do I want to go to Canada? I knew I didn't believe in the war. I
1: was going to say, did you have any political Oh, role? I did, I
2: did, time? but the town I came from, Avalon, was very Republican. And did you
1: grow up Republican, your, your family?
2: My father was uh-huh. Republican, uh-huh. I, no, my, my mother was kind of non-political.
1: Did you have any political leanings when you were in high school? Was Was you aware
2: of any? Well, my sister is two years older, and she was like, she's very uh, liberal. She was. She was actually. She was a hate Ashbury hippie. Nice. And I and I adored her and and idolized her actually, mm-hmm. and and she's really smart and really still. I still think she's like the smartest person I know. in Wow. About. Um, but but I I. I just suddenly had to look inside, look at my conscience, and say, "Do I want to go kill people?" First of all, do I ever want to kill anyone?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, if it was a legitimate war, I suppose I would, but not for something that I feel is illegitimate. And,
1: and you were you were like right in the thick of the escalation, like the you were in oh, yeah. the thick of the war. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Lyndon Johnson was it? Were you Lyndon Johnson? Yeah. Well, nineteen sixty-eight yeah, was, was okay. Nixon. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Lyndon Johnson
2: then escalate. How long were you uh, in Vietnam? I didn't go to Vietnam. What did you do? It was a whole story. Oh, okay. So I went in the army. I enlisted for an extra year before they could draft me. Before they, oh. they my induction date, I enlisted, took an extra year, and became a medic. Because I could live your with thing being says a medic. that you.
1: Oh, but you were a medic in Vietnam. No. no? Wasn't, no. Oh, your your well, says it wrong. My bio doesn't say I went to Vietnam. It doesn't. You, you went, Vietnam War. A medic in the Vietnam War. Ah. But
2: it was. But I was. I was non-religious. I had been raised Mormon and left it when I was 13. My mother—everybody on my mother's side was Mormon—and
1: Uh-huh.
2: And I left. How rat, did you leave? And I had—wait, wait,
1: stop a second. That's—that's that's compelling. Mm-hmm. How do you leave when you're 13? So oh, I just else? said no.
2: I just said no. I'm not going anywhere. And
1: they let you not my go mother,
2: to. Gym. My father and mother were divorced by then, and and, and my mother was responsible for me. And she she often told me that I was a juvenile delinquent and. And uncontrollable, but but uh, were,
1: were you like a were you like a kid? Did you like get in trouble?
2: I got in trouble a lot, not not with the not with law, with it. my okay. with my mother.
1: Okay, well um, that's no.
2: I took no orders, and I never did anything she asked me to do. So that that. It was... But did you
1: like did you go shoplift and did you do things no, that kids no, no, do? No no no, 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 Well, I drank, okay, smoked pot, drank, okay. and,
2: and uh, messed around with girls a lot. From like 11 on, but uh, it's Catalina. Everybody I grew up, everybody I saw was playing grab ass on the beach, getting drunk, smoking pot. I thought this is the way the real world works.
1: Okay, we got to stop now for a second because I was going to get to it later, but since you talked about grab ass, we were talking before we went on the air about the Al Franken thing, and I I, I would like you to just tell tell us a little bit about what you were mentioning about how this thing without... Briefly sum up your feeling about what's going on with Al Franken and what your experience was and what happens in those situations on set in a, in a show. Well, I mean, I, I, I
2: hate what's happening to women and I've always hated.
1: You uh, have three daughters. I have three daughters. You, three three and, beautiful and, 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 and actress, adult
2: daughters. One's an actress, right? yes. one's a model, okay. very beautiful G- model. Gorgeous girl. One's, one's a very creative designer who's now about eight months pregnant with her first child my first grandchild nice. and um, and I just visited her a couple of days ago and, and up in Oregon and, and uh, yeah I mean I, I I think women should have equal pay I think women should never have to suffer harassment mm-hmm. or be put in the in a position to be victimized by men but I'm looking at this crazy time mm-hmm. and you know obviously a lot of, of of uh, abusers are being outed, but at the same time, I'm things like like El Franken. I'm looking at and going, this seems so illegitimate to me. Mm-hmm. He's he's, I I I it makes me look back at my past. Tell say, us a little bit about that. Say when when you know who's going to jump up and say, yeah, he put his hand on my butt when we were taking a photo with my husband. I yeah. mean, who does that and yeah. who gets away with that? And who would think of doing that in front of someone's husband? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But in particular, with Al, with this story from what's her name? Leanne? Leanne I'm not her last name. Tweeden. 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 Okay, right. Um, you know, that he kissed her in a rehearsal for a scripted kiss. Right. That he insisted on rehearsing, which I would do. Yes. That you have to rehearse. Right. You're going right, to do a right. scene in front of thousands of people over and over again. Right. Let's rehearse the whole thing. <laughs> and, and, If he stuck his tongue in your mouth and you didn't like it, then tell him. She apparently did. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it anymore. Right. How is that harassment? Mm -hmm. That's not harassment. And if you can't... I mean, it's a little ballsy,
1: but it's certainly not harassment. It's maybe tasteless. Yes. Maybe
2: he should have said, I'm going to stick my tongue in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Do you mind? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I would rather you didn't. Okay, I won't. Maybe that's the way he should have approached it. But But if that's the case, then I have been harassed. Hundreds of times. Okay,
1: before you tell us about that, there's also the picture of her with her hand on the guitar player's ass yeah. on the same tour. So clearly, she was in that mode of anything goes. I mean, I don't not know. Anything I don't know. I can't goes.
2: speak for her. And if she feels that's violated, good. then that's her right. But she shouldn't be in the acting business if you can't take a rehearsal
1: and kiss. Yeah, that
2: requires kissing, mm-hmm. and years later you recount that event that rehearsal as as a violation it's it's like no that's what rehearsals are for so you can say no you know that's a little too far for me i'm not comfortable with this Mm -hmm. that's what you do in a rehearsal you set the boundaries right Right. creatively personally okay so so
1: what happened so your experience as you shared with us a little bit so you've had the reverse experience happen to you I've,
2: and i've taken thousands and thousands of photographs over the years with women who come up nervous and excited and shoving their boobs into my chest yeah. and arm and <laughs> and grabbing me in my butt and 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 pulling me into them and basically manipulating me in in, a, in uncomfortable ways oh. but they're they don't mean it badly they're just Exciting. they're very excited. And, and their husbands are taking photos. Right, and sometimes right. my hand will rest on a waist or on top of a hip. I don't even think about where my hand is. It's like, what am I going to do? Be like this while they're hugging me and I'm taking a picture? So I put my arm around them. I don't know where it's actually Right, 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 right. You can't use that as, as an example. Of sexual of abuse, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. it's simply not. And particularly if there are hundreds of people around, and particularly if your husband's taking the picture or your boyfriend, the whole thing reeks of 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 bogus. Uh,
1: but but then but then there are the Harvey Weinstein's and and the things
0: that that's are, a whole
2: different which game. is a whole different ball game. It's like like it's like you know that, that's real. Those yes, are that's real.
0: But it's dangerous. Louis C.K. These stories. It's that we're, what, It's dangerous to conflate something that's really ominous, right, with something that's. Yes. I think it. Maintained. I think
2: it does a real disservice to real yeah. victims. Yes. I think. I think and, and, exactly and what it right. does is it makes people like me, but who don't think about it quite as as thoroughly as I'm willing to, go ah, it's all a bunch of baloney. Mm-hmm. You know, these women are full of baloney, or worse. You know, it's it's. Right. It, and, and so it makes them take makes makes men not take women as seriously when they look at something that reeks of... of That's
1: a really good point. Because the thing with Louis C.K., I mean, you know, that was bone crushing for me, soul crushing for me, because I adore him. You know, I'm such a fan, and i would heard the stories. I didn't want it, you know. But but that is abuse. That's That's abuse. That's abuse. That's abuse. Charlie
2: Rose, that sounds like real abuse, and it it happened over and over. It's just... It's, it's a serial abuse, it's, that requires immediate attention and immediate control and punishment and uh, you know, uh, because repercussions. Because
1: that stuff is life-changing for a person, whereas what happened with Lee, that is not life-changing. There is no way that she thought about that five minutes after it happened, I, I don't believe. I don't
2: believe it, I mean yeah. she did it three or four other years right. when she was on USO tours right, kissing right. strangers.
1: She just didn't like Al Franken that I think, way, I think that, right?
2: I think that must be it. Or she's now in the Trump camp, and and somebody well, said, "Hey, here's a chance to." There's
0: talk of that to, well,
2: to throw some dust up uh-huh. and fog the whole
1: issue. The other yeah. thing
0: is that in the sketch, there's a, yeah. a, a, somebody from the base. One of the soldiers comes up on stage, and that's what the sketch is for. That that soldier gets to kiss her, and she hauls off and kisses him. He didn't. He didn't. He was standing there like a deer in the headlights. Right. She hauled off and kissed him. Right. I didn't see her asking permission. What? So, yeah. I guess the she whole, can never yeah. run for senator. Okay. But so that, the whole thing is absurd. So
1: now you you here. You are. You are. I, I hate to say this sounds so silly, but you are kind of a you're a sex symbol, right? You 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 are a very you are a very maybe you, was you are a very attra- look. You want to see the comments? You're a very <laughs> attractive man who is an actor who's in the pub. Po- so people are coming. So now, does this affect how you're going to interact with...
2: Well, I've, I've definitely started examining my past and gone... You know, any woman I've taken a picture with, of oh. the thousands and thousands I've taken over my lifetime, mm-hmm. could, could decide to go say that. If I was important enough for them to say it about, they could say it about me. What defense would I have?
0: What, what about did have at, a,
1: any, at, any... Did you have any love scenes with any... Did you, you should see this kiss he had with Lee Grant. I was, I was like, wow, she must, you must have made her day. She, <laughs> he, he's stripping for her. Lee Grant's one, yeah. Lee Grant's yeah. pretty hot lady. Yeah. Um, okay, so any, any, any film stuff that you now think, do, are you thinking back and going, wait a minute, did I ever? No,
2: I, I always. First of all, I produced most of the things that since I since I started. Mm-hmm. Being successful on television, I've produced a good portion of the things that I've acted nice. in. So, as a producer, you know the communication between uh, myself and and the actors or actresses uh, is heightened, right? And and more professional, and more right? Of, more official, right? Uh, formal,
1: mm-hmm.
2: first of all, and and secondly, I'm I'm the kind of guy who would say. I think we really need to do some French kissing in this scene. Are you good with that? I think I'd say really? that. Really? Yeah, I, I have said it. Wow. I think I would always say that. I, you know, if, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, kick- I'm gonna put French my hand kick- over here. Are you good with that? You know, it's, it's those are the kinds of. It so takes talk, a lot of. So it so it takes a lot of the spontaneity and, and and supposed romance out of right, right, out right. Of, uh, a Shooting a love scene, but. Right. But it's, it's... But you
1: do, But that is your... your it's the way I've always worked, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Those things become not fun very quickly anyway. It's all technical. Right, right. Um, it's nothing like real life.
1: Right. Yeah. Although... It's still fun. Oh, well, well because you run on a rally, I, 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 I know about the story about how you, you, you connected with your wife. Why don't you tell us uh, how you guys met? Very funny.
2: Well, she was starring in a series called Chips. Mm-hmm. She was playing Officer... Bonnie Clark, who was the, the one person in the show, I think, who didn't have a motorcycle. <laughs> and she drove the cop car. Uh-huh. And uh, the only woman on the show most of the time, well. other than the guests. And mm-hmm. um, were I you, doing, have
1: we, have we you aware of her? It, 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 yeah, I was aware of her. I uh-huh. mean, uh, yeah, sure, everybody yeah. knew about
2: chips. I've yeah. seen an episode or two. But uh-huh. but uh, I was doing Trapper John. I think I was in my second season, third season of Trapper John. So you
1: guys are already, like, a thing. Well...
2: Trapper John's already a thing. Trapper John was top five right. in the country every week, and Chips was up there too. And, right. and for NBC, and I was mm-hmm. on CBS, mm-hmm. and, and then they did this show called The Battle of the Network Stars. I love this. It was like the uh, first reality that? show. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and and Tom Selleck doing was well, what, what, on Magnum what, what and me and, and, and Ed Asner and uh, it was wait, 19, wait a minute, 1980.
1: Ed Asner was on Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was, oh,
2: a, team, he was just... a team captain.
1: No! What show was he on? That's not Mary Tyler Moore. Lou Grant. Lou Grant? Wait a minute. What year is it? 1980. 1980? Is Lou Grant already? I think so. I think so. Uh Maybe it was Mary Tyler Moore. Maybe it was Mary Tyler Moore. Maybe it was still
2: Mary Tyler Moore. Uh But, but, um, oh yeah, you know, she was on the NBC. Tom Selleck. She was on the NBC team. Yeah. And we shot it one weekend up in Pepperdine University, Mm -hmm. you know, Malibu. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And, uh, and... And they dressed us all in in, uh, these skin-tight outfits, you know, um, that if they got wet, it was like they became non-existent, and Boys and girls? Boys and girls. Like, they put us in in these these Aussie bun-huggers, you know? What's an Aussie bun-hugger? like like a Speedo kind of thing, you know? Aussie
0: bun-hugger, do you know that? This was before
1: cable. Okay. That was long before cable. (laughs) Okay. UHF yeah. was still popular. Right? <laughs> right.
2: But there were three networks and they right. all battled each other. Okay. And they each, each had a team of about eight or ten people. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Howard Cussell was the uh, announcer. I
1: remember that.
2: And uh, Randy was on the NBC team. And they have all these different events. And one of them was... a. Uh, a tank of water, and you sit on the seat above it, and you throw it at target with softballs. And if you hit it, the person goes in. Mm-hmm. And so Howard says, "Gregory, what, what, who do you want to sit up here on top of?" Her? You
1: get to pick your person. Get to
2: pick somebody from the opposite team. Mm-hmm. And, and I had noticed her in her lycra bathing
1: suit.
2: <laughs> Randy looked really good in that lycra, and I wanted to see what she looked like wet <laughs> and cold. And...
0: See, who needs, who needs Tinder?
2: Yeah.
1: Wait, you know what? So I picked her. Wet and cold would not be good for the men, however.
2: No. 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 But, so I picked her, and she really saucy, and got up there and sat on the thing, and I hit it three out of three. Oh, Knocked her in three wow. times, and afterwards, oh my God. afterwards, I went up, and as she was climbing up the ladder out of this water tank, I picked her up in my arms and carried her down the stairs and walked her over to her bench with her now teammates. Now, that's romance. Put her down on the bench. and. Oh. It was. was it was, it time was, was time just being <laughs> hammy. Yes. And then is, that
1: she, on, is that on film? And then, yeah, you it's all. Oh,
2: it's on. Yeah, you can YouTube that moment.
1: Wow.
2: And then she did the same thing with me. She picked me when it was her turn to pick somebody. Nice. She knocked me in the water and then she carried me down.
1: here, she carried you down. She was wow. Really,
2: some kind of athlete.
1: She wow. is a network. Star. Really, she really is. fit. Really fit. <laughs> oh, she was star. the best athlete on that. Team. Who, who won? Wh- whose team won? Did we I didn't even? win that for, I think maybe
2: her team won. Okay. So I think Scott like Bale was on her team and Scott was always the, the younger, best athlete of the, mm. of the guys on, <laughs> on, that, on any of those teams for two mm. or three years. But anyway, so I, I was there with a, my girlfriend. She was there oh. with her fiance. No. Yeah. She was there with her fiance. About a month later, my girlfriend has broken up with me.
1: Because she said, what were you doing she with back. I
2: had stolen her on location then, mm-hmm. on a movie location. It was a location romance. Okay. And my, she'd broken up with me, gone back to her old, to her old love. Okay. And I was sort of moaning and groaning. I'm sitting at a softball game for, for a charity. I'm sitting in the dugout waiting for the game to start. Mm-hmm. And I hear this, cluck, 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 cluck. Sits down, Somebody sits down next to me. Just, and the voice says, hi, two drinks and dinner and I'm yours. And I turned and looked, and it was Randy, and uh,
0: that was it. Wow, that's good. Okay,
1: I love this story. I love that, you know, Marianne Williamson preaches that, you know, if a woman makes the first move in a relationship, that that's kind of the way it's going to go for the rest of the time, and that so you should really rethink. I love that she did that, and 37 years later here, you still are.
0: Yeah, I, I love yeah we've it. Got, now, wait, 37 to years. Fiance?
2: Uh, She had dumped him after after the Pepperdine thing.
0: Because she already knew.
2: Actually, three years before that, she'd seen me in a play and had turned to her manager and said, I'm going to marry that guy.
1: Stop. I I, I love this story. I love this story more. Now, did you know? No. So when you, you, you're just flirting with her because she's beautiful and you're taken by her, but you're not not spending the next month going, wow, I really want to. No.
2: No. No, actually, I, I. You put it out of your mind
1: her I don't understand. Well, but then, but then,
2: but then, a year after she sat down and said that to me in that dugout, we were married. So, so, I was thirty-one years old, and I had pretty much, you know, my pick of Hollywood. There was like, I didn't expect to be wanting to get married. She, she overwhelmed me, you know.
0: Aww.
2: Yeah. Somebody asked me. I remember somebody asked me, "Who's your best friend?" And I'd always go, oh, my buddy Tony or, you know, my friend Ed from the Army. You know, my buddy. Somebody asked me, and I remember it was like an epiphany one day, uh, about six months after I met Randy, and I said, well, Randy, <laughs> Randy's, my, Randy's my best friend. And it was, it was like that was where I started to realize, oh my God, I've let myself get so deep into this relationship that were you not? I, I, now I, can't, I can't you ever not that kind of Were you
1: not that kind of guy before?
2: No, my parents had gotten divorced when I was eleven, and they'd had a miserable marriage, and and I'd always equated marriage and commitment with misery. I just okay. thought I grew up thinking my know, parents too. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. that's one equates th- to the other, you know.
0: That's very hold it off
2: as long as possible. That's
0: very
1: unusual that you come from a broken home and you've you have a marriage that sustains. I, my parents divorced. I'm divorced. You know, like. It's been a perpetuating thing, but I love this that uh, you were able to break that cycle. Well, I'm I'm
2: glad that I came around too, but a lot of that <laughs> credit goes to her. She's a she's an amazing an amazing woman, and, and uh, that kind of determination and gutsiness and
1: it's and fabulous honesty
2: and she's just got she's a little farm girl from it's tiny town in Iowa and didn't belong in the business mm. hated it. Mm. Um, beautiful. She was a really successful. And she gave it. she gave it
1: up to be, to become a mom. Did she? Yeah. Once we had our first that kid, was, it was
2: like that was the end of her career. She said, "I don't want to do this." She made a deal with me. Uh-huh. So that that is, I think, made the marriage work is that she said, "You love what you do. I hate what I do. I love being a mother. I'll make a deal. You, I will make you. I will make the kids feel like you are here every single day." And you go do what you love, and let me do this, and support us, and let me do this, and we shook on it.
1: Wow, I that that's not I did get to be a full-time mom, but the, we did we didn't shake on it. It became sort of a bone of contention. But mm. I I love that. So she never
2: she never has retracted that, or I mean she understood enough about the business, having been in it for right. a few years, to. When I'd go off to do a love scene, she'd say, "What are you shooting today?" I said, oh, "I got to shoot a love scene." She'd go, "Okay, keep it on the set." <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know. And 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 okay, you've made a lot of those kind of you've done a lot of those kind of scenes. Has has that ever been a challenge? In the, in the I, it has to be, you sure. know. Yeah, sure. it has to be. Uh, you know, because there has to be. Some everybody
2: things. has a fantasy life, and you there know? also have to be. And dabble, you that dabble, you dabble with, you know, yeah. you, you let your mind roam, mm-hmm. but.
1: But there also have to be leading ladies that were the ones who grabbed you and that that they stuck their tongues in your mouth and did all that kind of stuff. So um, how, how did how did your wife... How, like, when hey, did, she, did no you have this intuition? There's no
2: perfect path, you know? I mean, it's, it isn't like we haven't had challenges through, right. our, through our 37 years. Mm-hmm. But we have the same value system and mm-hmm. that's really the secret to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We, uh, we We both believe in honesty. We both believe in in marriage, and we believe in our commitment, mm-hmm. and and even when we can't stand each other, I don't think either one of us ever worries that that person's leaving. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna take some time away right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I never have chased her in the middle of an argument out of a room where, you know, don't you walk away from me, or she's never done that to me. Mm-hmm. We understand, we wanna be going at each other when, when it's constructive. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we, we are going to give each other space until it can be constructive. We're not going to be destructive. Okay, either. I or love Or say this. things we can't take back or that are hurtful. You know, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna try and take the high road at every opportunity and we, we do.
1: Okay, I love this and I'm wondering how much does being in recovery have to do with that? Because no, I it's know huge. it's completely changed me. It's completely yeah. changed. I, like, I can bring my best self to a situation I couldn't before. It's huge. Although
2: she isn't in recovery,
1: and mm-hmm.
2: and she's probably better at it than I am. But uh, but recovery for me, I mean, now we're going, we're jumping. But well, we're jumping.
1: But how many years? How many years? Uh,
2: I was using coke for about nine years.
1: And you've been sober.
2: Thirty. Thirty. This years. is my thirtieth. My thirtieth birthday was in September.
1: That is so inspiring. Uh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. And I'm just going to say out there that tomorrow will be 17 years since I've smoked pot, my drug of choice. Uh, not my sober birthday, because I said I'm not an alcoholic like the rest of you losers. So I can have a margarita once in a while. So that took another year and a half. But anyway, so 30 years. So, so you met, okay, so you married her when you were a cocaine. Ooh, so that has to change the mm-hmm. relationship. Well, that. the
2: first few years of marriage were, were very bumpy.
1: I bet that's so.
2: And it was me. It was my problem.
1: Did you get sober because of her? Did you get sober because of no, for yourself? Because no. you really no, have to get I, sober for
2: yourself.
1: I, 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 no. Yeah.
2: I didn't get sober because of her. And I and I attacked my sobriety with the same fervor that I attacked my addiction.
0: Ah.
2: I equaled. You got you got to punch just as just as hard at, to get sober as you punched to get to get loaded. So, all years, you know? so, I was I was I was a really avid drug abuser and I'm a really avid
1: Your drug uh, of choice was cocaine. Yes. And so and were you did you were you high on did were you getting high on sets and, and doing oh, yeah. that? By so the, the you, end I was. Oh by the end it's yeah. a
2: gradual thing, you know. Right. The first two or three years. I mean you're three or four years into it before you realize what you are. Before I was you realize a further oh, further before god, I am an I'm addict, a, yeah. I'm an addict. Oh my god. I can't tell anybody I won't share that with anyone I'm going to become I'm going to become a reclusive addict right now I'm going to live with my self-loathing and my shame and yes I'm going to promise myself every day that I'm going to quit and I'm going to going to betray myself every night going back to my connection to get another
1: yes.
2: four grams mm. to snort yes. to snort before yeah I put a million bucks up my nose oh and I had a career, and a production company, and a starring in the series. Did, all, it, did you ever... All through it.
1: Okay, did you ever have... Did you ever... Did, it, did you ever fuck up? Did you Did you? All ever, the time. Oh, okay. All the time. Okay. Uh, I I mean, blamed, but you, I blamed were, everybody else. I right, always right. blamed other people. Yes, me too.
2: I blamed everyone for my artistic screw-ups. I blamed my wife for my impotence. Mm-hmm. I, blamed, I blamed... I blamed doctors for, for my anemia. I blamed yes all of the repercussions of my addiction
1: what was the bottom what, what got what got you sober what, what, what was, was a, there a thing
2: yes there was mm-hmm. a final moment a turning point but it was it was the 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 straw it was one more right. straw a right. heap and it was my my first daughter who's gonna have a baby in a couple of months Emma was about one and a half mm-hmm. and I was sleeping in my office, and Randy was sleeping in the bedroom, and Emma would only come to me when I wasn't loaded, and I was loaded about 20 hours a day, so there was a window of time when she would come crawling over to me and come up and want to be in my lap. She,
1: she just instinctively knew when you were... Usually
2: when I woke up from after a binge and a mm-hmm. crash, mm-hmm. I'd wake up and I'd be relatively straight. Mm-hmm and going to get a cup of coffee and she would want to be in my arms and then I'd go into my office and do another snort and she would look at me and she would just go somewhere else and go she just wouldn't come to me she sensed it she couldn't right 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 right, something had changed Mm -hmm. and it was all inside of me and it was it was she sensed it and that I remember, that broke my heart, and finally got me willing to be humble enough to say, "I'm, I really need help. I, am I, broken, and I can't do this by myself." And so you it took did, nine years for me to get that humble.
1: Nine years isn't that long. I smoked pot for thirty. But so, so you, you went to Betty Ford. You went.
2: I called Betty Ford, and they, uh, yeah, they let me in. So after, you, after a while, I mean, it took a few weeks really? before I could get in okay. there, and I, I binged like crazy as my audios, to. Uh, I was, did you ever fall back?
1: Did, did you get when you got st- sober? Did you stay? Did you just stay sober, or did you ever like have a relapse? I never slipped. No slips. Love the no slips.
2: But I, but I, you know, I, I, I I've never said I will never use again.
1: Mm-hmm. One day at a time.
2: Yeah, I do it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. But I embraced, I mean what, really the the saving grace and the thing that changed me the most was, I I feared the humiliation of admitting that I was uh, damaged goods. Mm -hmm. I feared that more than anything in the world because I was raised to believe that anything shy of perfection was failure. And that's why cocaine was my drug of choice because it made me feel perfect for 20 minutes. But, but. uh, That makes a lot of sense. But I feared that humiliation more than anything. I was in Betty Ford for a week when the Inquirer came out. and All there was then was the Inquirer, and I'm on the cover, Ooh. and somebody who had been in my therapy group, in Betty Ford. No. Had talked to the Inquirer about oh. what I was saying in therapy.
1: This is oh. such a
2: breach. Oh. And that I was in Betty Ford, and oh. what it was for, and oh. all the information came out. And I. That was your the, worst nightmare. Your, your worst it nightmare. Was, it had been my worst nightmare right. all along. And
1: that is
2: fine, right? It freed me yeah. from ever having to lie again. <sighs> I have never told another lie.
1: That is so. I, I love this. I, I,
2: it allowed me to embrace my humanity and my imperfection and my. My foibles, and never have to pretend that I'm anything but a screwed up human being. I love this. Ever again. This is
1: my takeaway right here. Um, my we we have a, a writing challenge. Women who write uh, a Facebook page, and, and this month it is I validate blank. And my validation today was I validate my humanity today. That exactly. Um, do you go to meetings? What what is that been I, like I, here I,
2: you? know, I I went to meetings. A lot of meetings mm-hmm. for several years mm-hmm. um, Is
1: it too weird to go to meetings because no 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 no, no 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 yeah. no that wasn't it. Mm-hmm.
2: It's that I, I also after a while and it's everybody's different. some people need meetings some mm-hmm. people need two or three meetings a day for mm-hmm. the rest of their life mm-hmm. I hated my uh, my being a slave to my addiction mm-hmm. and I grew to hate being a slave to my meetings. Mm-hmm what i wanted to accomplish and what so far has worked for me is mm-hmm. to get up every morning mm-hmm. and look in the mirror
0: mm-hmm.
2: and now it's a, it's a 5 second process it mm-hmm. used to take me 10 minutes mm-hmm. but now in 5 seconds i look in the mirror and i know i know the imperfect man that i'm looking at mm-hmm. who's only going to stay sober today
0: mm-hmm.
2: and wouldn't and, and, and doesn't make any promises beyond that mm-hmm. And feels no shame anymore mm-hmm. and
1: you did the whole process you I've made done all amazed. the you, you did steps did over events. and
2: you over did... and I do those oh, yeah. steps yeah. I, I, I I look within more than most anybody I know yes and that's what the steps it, are to
0: it, be it, honest
2: we with us we myself.
1: get ruined for bad behavior this yeah. is kind of what happens right mm-hmm. it's like once the awareness is there can't do it anymore. So I, don't,
2: I didn't want to be a slave to my meetings. And, and I moved to the coast of Oregon to raise all my kids with Randy. And, and I raised four kids up there for 25 years. And uh, there was really, I was in such yeah. a remote area, there really weren't even meetings for me to go to up there.
0: Okay, so now how are you
1: doing your career? You're living up there. You're having a big career. How, how is that work? How does that work? Wait, we have to go back How did you... What's the first break? What what, what happened in your life? What was the first thing that... I got out of the army. Uh I went
2: back to Catalina. Mm -hmm. Uh, February 9th, 1971. I got out as a conscientious objector. They recognized... They recognized my... My lack of religion. I was the first person that was ever recognized for being a non-religious, conscientious objector. Is
1: that true? Yeah.
2: And... uh, and that was February 9th, 1971,
1: and I... Hacks, you have seen Hacksaw Ridge? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, because he's the medic that oh, is yeah. the conscientious objector right. that won't... But he was a Quaker. But he was a Quaker, that's right.
2: Quaker, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Religion.
1: Is the reason. Had
2: always been a requirement to how be recognized as a CEO. How you
1: your true conscience? How do you
2: prove? Well,
1: how did they... How did I went they
2: accept it? I spent two years and seven months fighting through all the review boards. They sent me to Germany after I'd trained as a medic. They sent me to Germany to get me out of the country. Because so you're not
1: a doctor. You're, you don't have an MD.
2: No, 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 I was a, so medic. a medic. Trained helicopter okay. medic.
1: Okay, so what can you do as a medic?
2: Oh, stop the bleeding, clear the airway, keep people alive, put them on an high. IV. Mm-hmm. Anything that a medic does, anything that a paramedic does now, okay. Okay. I could do that, except okay. now, of course, the medicine's much more advanced than it was then, but was, I was basically trained to be a medic in warfare. Right.
1: Okay. So, so, so they send you to Germany.
2: Send me to Germany. Put me in a little basement uh, of a of an old Nazi barracks and said, "Don't don't uh, mingle with any other soldiers. You're you're diseased. Um, you know, and, and you'll we don't want any of this pacifism to." Wear off on anybody else. So I was allowed out eight hours a day to fly around on missions, and then the rest of the time I was confined to my, my wow. little basement room, an old, wow. an old cryptograph room with a wooden wow. door and a metal door, a little, three little barred windows that were at ground level. And how,
1: how long did
2: that go on? Uh, total two years, seven months. Oh,
1: my God. jeez.
2: Part of it, I, I had a, sui- I a suicide fetches. attempt. I was going to say, that has to affect your psyche. Oh, so it I affected can... me terribly. It was very, uh, very hard. I went through a suicide attempt in the psychiatric ward for many weeks. Uh, was was saved from the psychiatric ward by a, a, a friend who, who got a lawyer uh, up in Frankfurt that I would asked about to come down and get me out. And then that lawyer helped me start my case, but then pro bono, because I had no money, I was mm-hmm. making $103 a month as a PFC in the Army and and then he he dropped out because he said the case was unwinnable wow and i kept pursuing it pursuing it and going through all the review boards and the usrar united states army europe headquarters um being interviewed by generals and and, and chaplains and psychologists and trying to prove my sincerity
1: that you could be a non-religious that i was
2: a sincere non-religious conscientious objector, equally sincere to anybody on any in any religion and they didn't want to set, the Pentagon kept losing my paperwork because they didn't want to set this precedent. And finally it went, finally a letter I had written uh, to a congressperson uh, actually had an effect. And, uh, and eventually they approved it. I was let out in February. And I went back to Catalina, uh, worked there that summer.
1: I, I just want to stop you for one second. So you said you weren't really political growing up. Did I was you? very political
2: by the time I got out of the army.
1: Okay, so did you, so did you become political because of the Vietnam War? Oh no, I totally,
2: I became woke. Okay, What? Well, well,
1: did something wake you, what, did something specific wake you up or just that whole boot experience? Boot camp. Boot camp woke you up. How so? Uh,
2: second day of boot camp, sand pits, hand-to-hand combat training. Drill sergeant says, You will growl whenever you step onto the sand. It's because you, when you are in hand to hand combat with the enemy, you are not a man, you are an animal, and you will growl. And everybody would get out. We had, you know, 100 guys or whatever in my company. Everybody went out into the sand pits, and each each time they and they'd, rawr, rawr, and we'd do it. And I said, I won't, I'm not going to growl. I can't growl. And, Harrison, what are you doing? Get down, give me 20. Now, you will growl. Yes, no, I am not. I can't. I can't growl. I'm not going to growl. I can't do that. Why not? Why can't you do it? Because I'm not an animal. I'm a man. I'm a human being. I'm not an animal. Wow. And then it was like, okay, you're going to run around in the rain for the next oh, 12 you, hours, did you, did he, holding your rifle oh, above your The above whole
1: officer-gentleman punishment thing.
2: Endless for oh. for weeks.
1: And you know. did did he? Punish you, and then the whole thing, so everyone would get to. Hate Everybody you. else got punished
2: too. Yeah. yeah. So
1: then they all hated you. They so now you're me. by yourself. Now yeah, you're. They all hated me. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. But at the same time, I was I was taking the you know we, we were we were doing PT training, and I was top of the class physical mm-hmm. training. I was top of the class. You know. Uh, Athlete. I, I I was I was shooting weapons on the rifle range. Oh uh-huh. yeah, the human shaped targets would go down every time I'd hit them, you know, with my, with my M1, mm-hmm. back then, M14s and M1s, um, and I was a marksman, and, uh, you know, they, so they, wait, they wait. would come to me and offer me officer's candidate school, because my testing was top of the class, mm-hmm. and they said, You're, you know, we want you to be, to go to officer's, candidate, officer's training, and I said, no, God, no, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm I don't want. I didn't even know what a conscientious objector was at that point. It was when I got out of when I got out of boot camp. Finally graduated mm-hmm. from boot camp, and went to Fort Sam Houston for medic training. That I started to investigate and have the time and the freedom to go to a library and mm-hmm. start figuring out why is this not working for me? Why why is it I I, I you know? And I was learning to be a medic at that point mm-hmm. um, for three months, three and a half months there, mm-hmm. and that's where I filed, and that's where. I started to get in trouble with the higher-ups at the Pentagon and stuff because the news
0: was starting to get hold of this, mm-hmm. pr- this precedent, poss-
2: potentially wow. precedent-setting case, Wow!
1: that's why they sent me to Germany. So you're like a I maverick like your grandfather. Yeah, you are. You're kind of a maverick. I, 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 yeah. I like that. I mean, that, that's, that's very powerful.
2: No, I, I, I can't tell you how many nights I wept wishing I would, I would just learn how to just go with the program.
1: Really? Like you wanted to be able to do oh, that Oh, I just it wanted just my easier. life
2: to easier it, it would be easier to just join all of the other 5,000 guys at, at Fort Ord and, and not re, not have a conscience and not, uh, not see what they were doing to me mm-hmm. to remove my humanity mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that, 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 that's what armies are for is to, mm-hmm. you, That's what training is for, to train mm-hmm. you to not have a conscience, to mm. not question anything—I mm. mean, that's the whole point of it. Mm. And how's an army going to work without that? Mm. I didn't belong in the army. Mm. It was—it was—it was impossible for me to let that go. I and was happy to be to serve, doing something else. It wasn't like I didn't want to serve, and I wanted the other guys to go fight. Right, bad. right, right. I was—I was in the wrong place. Right. And I knew it.
1: Okay, so so and and that then began to inform you having a shift in your. Social conscience. Absolutely, and and now you're an activist.
2: I'm an activist, and, and uh, I mean even more so now. Every 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 day, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit uh, further along that path of 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 having empathy and and tolerance, and uh, you know I'm I'm so am so prog- I'm I'm so far left. I mean, I look at the world today, I, I, I shake my head, I feel like I'm, I'm a, I'm walking around Mars, I don't understand this, uh, I don't 90 think anybody, 90 well, per- 90% of the, of the things that I see on the news or reading mm-hmm. the papers now, I just don't, I can't imagine how, how the world got to this place, but, but I'm not, I'm, I don't give up or, or say, well, it's not I, my okay, business. Okay, I was going to ask you about that, because
1: I don't know if you remember this, Louise, uh, Evan Hamler was a guest on, on the road taken, the, the Tuesday after, the, the, right no. after the election, and Evan said, he, he was broken, and he said, in our lifetime, we it, the world will not recover because of this. This is going to impact th- throughout our lifetime. And that was so dark. And um,
2: Things change overnight. Look what happened a year ago. You know? Mm-hmm. Look what happened on November 6th. Mm-hmm. Things changed overnight. Now, yes, that had been happening for a long time, mm-hmm. and this, this, you know, the the so-called silent majority had obviously been out there suffering and wanted something different, and we weren't offering it, and they took something different. I think, or the I Russians think, gave it think, to them.
1: However, depending on how you look it, but
2: but but yeah, but people voted.
1: Yes, people did vote.
2: And how you know why they voted? It, I mean, it, I think it. it the, the repercussions will go on for decades certainly the judiciary is is, is forever changed for, for the rest of our lives
1: um, somebody right. just asked if you're writing a book Gregory I just happened to catch that <laughs> um, you should you apps right yeah you right. I mean your story is um this is not your story your stories <laughs> um, you have a lot of them and it's very compelling you really should I mean you you have a great story I'm, I'm so glad that we're gonna have this as an archive but mm-hmm. but You've got a lot there.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with that idea. Well, not approached. No, right, but, it's it's just I I know that 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 I've had a unique life, and very and unique. I'd like to, you know, and I still feel passionate, and and like That's like the there time may to be some it. value to sharing that. Absolutely. but But You're I just your
1: your conscientious, conscientious objector realization. Oh, that that right there is a story worth telling. But, okay, so I wanna, this is The Road Taken. The, the, the purpose of the show, The Road Taken, Celebrity map Success, is to, in the old days, when we were in a studio, whatever, Louise and I would sit after you would leave, and then we would discuss what we thought was your were your tools were, were the secret to your success sort of you, you, the takeaway of you we haven't even gotten to your career yet so I, <laughs> I, I, so if you can keep in mind as you kind of tell us how you navigated your career like what you think
0: I mean because I'm getting a lot do you have anything yet because I well I, he definitely knows who he is even even when he doesn't have the words to describe it absolutely mm. and and also just incredible um, uh,
1: Conscience—you um, have, even though you might have been a liar, cheater, stealer—you um, have tremendous moral conscience. It's very clear. Um, and anyway, so let's let, so tell us. Oh, so how'd you how you get your big break? How did it happen?
2: Got out of the army, went back to Catalina, got the, got a job at a at a bar at the Chichi Club in Avalon, which is like. the you know, it was, was one of the three or four bars in town, and that summer uh, business was slow between like six and eight. I was working as a doorman. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even 21 yet, and I was checking everybody else's ID, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and uh, business was slow between about six and eight in the evening, and mm-hmm. the owner said, you yeah, know, we should do some kind of a show or something, some kind of, we should do a show. Um, let's do a musical. Let's do the Fantastics. And uh, we had one of the waitresses and uh, the guys in the band, a couple of them could sing and wanted to act in it. So we, we put, it, put together a cast. Mm-hmm. Jason Robarts and, and uh, Barbara Rush and uh, oh, a bunch of other people were, were shooting a movie in town called The War Between, Men. Jack Lemon was in it too. Jack Lemon, Jason Robarts, Barbara Rush. The War Between Men and Women. And they were shooting that. Mm-hmm. They were living in a hotel. They were staying mm-hmm. in a hotel in town and shooting it on boats or out, mm-hmm. out, out in the cove somewhere and this is
1: going to be a Jason Robards discovered me story I'm going to lose my
0: oh go ahead oh my <laughs> god <laughs> so so
2: I'm, I'm doing I'm playing El Gallo the, the, you I know, know the character Try to remember the kind of September when grass is green and I come out singing that Jason apparently has come in this is when he was still a drinker he come in happened into the Chichi to get a drink, the doors closed, the show starts. He's sitting at the bar. I didn't know this, of course. Right. I do the whole show. At the end of it, I'm running back to literally a broom closet to get my El Gallo hat mm. off and put on my jacket. Because now you gotta go to work. I gotta go back and open the doors and let <laughs> people, you know, and check IDs. <laughs> and there's a knock on the broom closet and I, I open it up and go yeah. And it's Jason
1: Robards. Did you know who he was?
2: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Okay. Chip fools. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, you're a kid
1: though, right?
2: No, I was. I was.
1: 19. I was twenty. 20. Oh, you weren't 40. I was, I was okay.
2: two months shy of. No, actually, I had just turned twenty-one. It was it was like July, so May okay. I turned twenty-one. So I was I was twenty-one. So he goes, hey, he's drunk. Yeah, I'm I'm Jason Robards, and, and, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm Mr. Robards, hello. how are you? And I just I just want to you you you're, you're good. That, that that was that was good. You, you, you should do that for 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 like studying. Maybe you could make a living. I just wanted to tell you that. You know And he left, and I'm like,
1: oh. And literally,
2: then quit that night. The next morning, I got on the boat with about a hundred dollars to my name. I had been fooling around on the rooftops a week earlier with a girl from the mainland who had written her phone number on a business card. The
1: mainland.
2: On the mainland. (laughs) Overtown, we
1: call it. Overtown.
2: And she had written her phone number on the back of a business card for me, so I'd have her number if I ever came to the mainland. mainland, I would look her up. (laughs) On the front of the card was this thing that said Estelle Harmon's Actors Workshop, where she apparently was studying acting. And the next morning, I got on the boat with my bag and hundred bucks, took the boat across to San Pedro, took a bus up to Hollywood, walked down La Brea to this address, and walked in, and met with Estelle, so I wanted to speak to Estelle. Oh, come on. I met her, and she said, she, she said, will you read this scene? I said, sure, so she gave me a piece of paper. I went out and looked at it for a while, came back in did read it. She goes, all right, um, how do you intend to pay for this? And I said, uh, I got the GI Bill. Do you take the GI Bill? And she goes. Yeah, we do. We take the GI Bill. Because I had an honorable discharge from the Army, got the GI Bill. And uh, so she took the GI Bill and I studied there for the next two years. And then I transferred from there to Stella Adler and from there to Strasbourg, And, and I ended up studying for about five, five and a half years before I got an agent. Yeah.
1: So you took this studying seriously. I took it really took studying
2: serious
0: seriously. seriously. I didn't even is... try to
2: get a job. I didn't try to get an agent. For years. I just wanted to get better and better and better and really learn my craft. And I loved it. I I was falling in love with the craft of acting every day. So it wasn't like I was going, when is this going to end? i got to start working. Right, right. You know, I was living on nothing, even 17-cent boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese.
1: But the balls that it takes to... I don't really understand this, how somebody can have $100 and say, I'm going to do this.
2: $100 would love further in But you're also getting money from
1: the GI, you're getting GI money, aren't you?
2: Come on. No, they were just paying, they're just paying for the school. No. So, okay, so
1: how did you support yourself?
2: My dad would send me a hundred bucks
1: okay.
2: every month.
0: Okay.
2: And I had little jobs. I created a window washing route on Santa Monica Boulevard. I'd work from midnight till three, one night a week, and uh, uh, wash all the windows from the storefronts, ground levels only. Mm-hmm. I underbid everybody that was doing them. And I had a bucket, a squeegee, a mop, Santa Monica Boulevard, Boys wow. Town, the Swish Alps. And I'm walking, the up, and Swish down. Alps. I'm walking <laughs> up and down those streets, um, had a lot of guys pulling over in their I cars. Think you did. But uh, uh, it was it, it, one, one day a month I would go do the insides and four, every week I would do all the outsides, all up and down. I'd, I'd pull in a couple of thousand a month doing that. Wow. So that was how I was supporting myself. And then I had other little odd jobs. You know, I worked at a paper company and collating papers, and and uh, lots of little things. like that. Okay, so
1: how 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 did, how did it break?
2: Somebody came to Estelle's workshop and said, "What's who's who's your said to Estelle who's your best actor in the in the school that's not in the union?" And she pointed to my way. At that point, pretty much everybody in, in the class was going, "Oh yeah, you're you're gonna make it." This is after a few years and mm-hmm. I would really learned my stuff and mm-hmm. they came and watched me do a couple of scenes that I, I had already prepared just coincidentally mm-hmm. and offered me the lead in an independent film they were going to shoot on weekends for the next year.
1: Wow. Okay, and that's kind of weird they They rent too. the equipment on
2: Friday and I take it back Monday morning pay for one day's rental. Wow. And we would shoot straight through.
1: Wow.
2: And then sleep for three days. And
1: did you have like a, a, a major part? Did you have starring a starring role? You had the starring role. The movie was called
2: Jim the World's Greatest, and I was Jim.
1: <laughs> the first movie, he's got the starring role.
2: There was no money. They didn't pay me a penny. Okay. But uh, But you uh, knew
1: that it was No, thing
2: I just wanted to learn. And no, I mean, you had everything thing to do because. I, I learned everything I could in, a, in an acting mm-hmm. class, and I wanted to go apply mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. to a real set with real cameras and, okay. you know, and a real situation. And did you
1: learn a lot there? Did I you, learned so much yeah. there. Uh-huh. And
2: then at the end of the year, they showed the film. To Charles Champlin, who was the Time, uh, L.A. Times uh, theater critic, mm-hmm. film critic, and he loved it. Wrote a, a cover article about it, about this film these two teenage boys had made for $100,000. And this actor who was... That night I got a call from an agent. Um, that Un- Univer- yeah Universal mm-hmm. bought the film and reshot half of it. Because um, Sid Sheinberg related to the story. He was the president of Universal at the time and so I got in the union because of wow. re- reshooting the film. Wow. It had to be a union film right. for the Universal to reshoot it. Mm-hmm. I got an agent, Joan Scott, from, from this article and overnight I went from being an unemployed actor with no credits to a okay, guy right. starring in a, in, a, in a film that was being released uh, in Westwood and, and then I was suddenly going out for leads. So I never went through the bit player thing. Or the, you know, the working your way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it was, I was an overnight success, but I'd been, at that point, after the year of shooting that film and everything, and the post-production time, I'd been in Hollywood six and a half years.
1: So now, when does your life, when when, when does your life really change? Um, And I had no money
2: in the bank. When all this was happening, right? And I had a couple, I had you know a thousand dollars or something in the bank to live on for this. So,
1: what's your first big payday?
2: Um, about uh, well, I I I did a Barnaby Jones immediately, Mm -hmm. guest starring in a Barnaby Jones, and then a uh, MASH
1: Mm
2: -hmm. episode of MASH.
1: Did you play a medic?
2: I played a soldier.
1: Okay. Yeah. Hope you didn't
2: kill anybody. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. That would have um, been ironic. I was a newlywed soldier. <laughs> oh um, yeah, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and particularly because I was in a mass unit in Germany when the movie came out, and that's where I saw the movie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which rang really true. But uh, I
1: have to think, though, that Trapper John is what changed your life, like.
2: Not really. You know, know? No? Trapper John. Trapper John came after Centennial. Well, I did. Mm-hmm. I did Logan's Run first.
1: That's true. That was a year. Okay.
2: And that was that Mm -hmm. was
1: that was very popular. A huge series. Well, Well, it wasn't
2: really popular. It was popular, but Star Wars came out. Yeah. At the end of that first season, and that's why the show got canceled because Star Wars reinvented everything about science fiction. We suddenly looked like one of the like that old black and white Buck Rogers series with the cigarette smoke (laughs) blowing out the back of the rocket ship. We, our our. We were the most expensive okay. show on TV, and we looked horrible compared to Star Wars, so oh. we got canceled immediately. But then I did, I did Centennial, which was a 25-hour miniseries, yeah. and it was, I was surrounded by some of the best actors yeah. in the world, and I was the central role. And, and
1: Who else was on Centennial?
2: Stephanie Zimbalist played my wife, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Chamberlain. All right, I have to to ask
1: you about. I I have, I had such a mad crush on Richard Chamberlain my whole life, Doctor Kildare. I mean, oh my God, Um, how was he as a human being, Mr. Richard Chamberlain? Very nice. Yeah, yeah. He was a little distant. Was he Uh, aloof? Yeah, that's what I think. That's a little distant,
2: but I think that was his personal safety space. I Mm. think you know he he was he he was uh, an unannounced. Everybody was unannounced back then, Mm -hmm. gay man, and uh, playing. Romantic leads, and and, every woman, and really well,
1: and and, and yeah, because every, every girl, every woman had a crush on Doctor. Phil there, right? Yeah. We all, so he, even he,
2: Barbara Herrera, who was playing the Indian princess in yeah. Centennial, couldn't believe that Richard was
1: gay. Ah. Yeah. wow. Did you know it on the set? Like, did oh, you, it
2: was never an issue on the set. I mean, we yeah. we, we were all doing our work, and he was fantastic mm-hmm. in the show. As
1: but I mean, was he comfortable in his life to be who he was, or did not I can't not speak so for much. Richard, yeah. you
2: know, I mean, I had always oh. admired Richard, Dr. Kildare, as oh. a kid, I'd watched that show, and oh, they shot was? an episode in Catalina, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'd always, I, 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 I was a big admirer of his mm-hmm. skills, you know, mm-hmm. and, and his career choices, mm-hmm. you know, he, he went off after Dr. Kildare, the, he went and learned, thorn, the, learned how, how to th- act. Th-
1: it was the Thorn Birds, right?
2: Well, he went to London and and studied acting at the at the the Royal Academy. I think the Royal Academy, Mm -hmm. and and then came back to Hollywood, and now he was a whole different actor.
1: Samantha, you didn't hear that my daughter wants to go to the Royal. She's at Tisch, and she wants to do a semester at the Royal Academy. Don't you're killing me. Anyway, um, okay, so.
2: But that was really my turning point. So that was that. I was playing in the big leagues then. Right. It was like, oh, okay. And so now I people, can hold my weight. At this. And
1: now people know you when you're walking around Hollywood, mm-hmm. and, and that starts happening. And then Trapper John. And then Trapper John. Yeah. So Tra- but Trapper John like amps it up because that's like years of. Yes, love.
2: and and yeah, and it was it was like a number one show right away, and it was Sunday night ten and o'clock.
1: beloved. The
2: Carol Burnett slot that we got when Carol retired, and you know, wow,
1: and yeah, yeah. So Trapper John ends and. Um, and you just have, you continue to have like this huge career, and you're you're doing movies, you're doing TV. Well, I, I
2: I created a production company then so that I could do roles that interested me, and I wasn't just going to repeat and repeat and repeat, and I could challenge myself. And, and you like to play the bad guy too. And I love to play bad guys. Yeah,
1: he plays really good. There's a there's a the, the, what's the Summer Fear? I'm going to watch <laughs> that tonight. I, I I watched a little piece of it, but um, so but you're not the bad guy. Are you the bad guy there? No. Don't, okay. No, I think I'm
2: okay. the I'm the. I'm the dad in
1: that. Oh, okay. No, I want to watch you Be a Bad Guy. What should I watch? I want to watch you Be a Bad Guy. Um, Tell me what to watch.
2: Just about any any of the uh, Lifetime movies. Okay, There's always so, a bad guy yeah, in the Lifetime
1: movies. I, I, that was a Lifetime movie, though. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I just looked at the time. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Okay, so so let's come, come fully around. So let's talk two things. Let's figure out what those tools are that, that, that set you apart, that have created this success. And, and then also... Where are you now?
2: I, I, I can cut to the chase here. Good. I think that anybody who's successful in, in acting, mm-hmm. as an actor in show business, mm-hmm. male or female, mm-hmm. is slightly broken. Mm. They have to be. You have to be. If you're, a, if, you're a, if you're a well-balanced, unbroken human being, there is no way that you can take the rejection and the backstabbing and the swirling waters filled with snakes and sharks and still love the business mm. and still come back for more wow. and take rejection after rejection after rejection and still believe in yourself. How do you do that?
1: Okay, but wait, how? I that's don't, a contradiction. If you're broken, I think you have to you be have broken
2: to, to be able to be impervious to rejection wow. and completely vulnerable.
1: Wow. when the camera's
2: rolling or when the curtain goes up
1: wow that's a that's that's those are opposites they are it's that's really interesting but and there's... I don't
2: think I think there are a lot of really talented certainly beautiful to look at people men and women mm-hmm. who have come to Hollywood and gone away with their tail between their legs even though they have massive amounts of talent and beauty because they don't have that thing that that defeats rejection
1: wow that defeats projection because there's that just counters it
2: when somebody oh says
1: nah you know you're
2: not right no we don't want you i have never thought anything but oh i'm so sorry for you that you don't see it
0: wow so it's like you're broken in the right places for it yeah ah, i mean that's I good think
2: I, it's, that sounds arrogant, but it's—it's no. it's not. It's—it's it's that I really believe I can do any role. I really believe it. I mean, there's some I'm more that are more come to me more easily than right, others. Right. But I don't believe that—that that I'm not right for anything that I set my mind to.
1: I, now that may have I come really, from. my... I really like this. Okay, so I was going to say, where, where does this come from? What is My this? mother,
2: who made me a perfectionist, uh-huh. also made me a believer that I was capable of perfection.
1: So this is broken and yet a loving support. Because it sounds like there was both patterns. My mother
2: there. was a complex human being. Mm-hmm. She'd sit me on her knee when I was four and five years old, and she'd, she'd recite two things almost every day. First, she would say, you know, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you belong there.
0: Hmm, <laughs> that's great. Wow.
2: And I'd go, yeah, mom, yeah, well, thanks, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I'd run away to play, but she'd say it every day. And then the other thing that she did was she would, she would. There are no
1: accidents, there are no mistakes. That's very. She would
2: read me Rudyard Kipling's "If," or she would read me the lyrics of "You've Got to Be Taught to Hate."
1: You've got to be carefully taught.
2: Yeah. Got to be carefully taught. She would read me these things as a, on her lap yeah. as a small boy, uh-huh. and and I go. Where oh, we go again? Uh-huh. But they took. I mean, I still remember them, and I've always remembered them. But that's it,
1: not the same as um, self belief as as that core. She made me
2: feel. I well, but I think also. I whatever it is. I. I I'm not giving the credit all to my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom said the right things Mm -hmm. in those times. She said a lot of terrible things to me over the years, too, Mm -hmm. when she'd be, you know, on her dark side. Mm -hmm. But...
1: uh, Where did the the self-belief come from? Because that's... I had a lot of success as a kid.
2: My parents told me that I used to sing... I used to sing songs, terrible songs. I would just Mm -hmm. sing everything. Mm -hmm. And I would tell jokes, terrible jokes that never had punchlines. But I would tell them to them all the time and laugh like crazy at my own jokes when I was three, four, five, six. So apparently I thought I could do anything and everything I did was pretty terrific, even as a little tiny kid.
1: How do we help people feel that for themselves?
2: Hey, you, I've tried to help my kids feel that and I've been partially successful but
1: that's I don't a really know. Uh, that kind of self-belief and confidence is very, very rare and you seem to have always had it it isn't even like they gave it to you it's like it was an innate self-belief and I'm just wondering I what that moments. is I have moments
2: but they're brief you know it's like if I get a rejection 24 hours is all I will allow myself. I want to. I, I won't indulge myself. I don't care how important it was, or how big a thing it was, or how how hard the, the failure hurts. I give myself 24 hours, and then I'm done. Is, I'm if, moving are forward. you doing
1: something with your? Are you make? Are you choosing? Are you making decisions? Is it a conscious? Like uh, I'm not
2: going to dwell. In failure, I'm not. But also,
1: to, it, it, to the opposite extreme is it a conscious decision to, I I can do anything. I I mean, like, do you take
2: like? No, no. It's it's a mantra. It's it's an effort. <laughs> it's 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 constantly. You know, I I lost this when I was a drug addict, mm-hmm. and I, but I had it before. Mm-hmm. So for me, overcoming drug addiction was easier than for most people because. I knew what I was trying to get back to. This self-belief and this, this... Uh, Where
1: were you in your career when when you had... When I you was
2: starring you? in a television series. On, I was starring in Trapper John M.D. when I started doing coke. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, the social drug of the time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I had more money than any of my friends, so mm-hmm. I was always, you know... Fine. Robin Williams used to say, used to say, cocaine is God's way of telling you make too damn much money. He's <laughs> right. Um...
1: So what do we think, Louise? Like, what what are we what are we suggesting to our 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 our, our viewers out there as? But you have to work on yourself. It, it, it's okay. not. It's not that it, it doesn't. I'm not just
2: lucky. I think I'm no, slightly broken. No, no, no. I don't.
1: I don't get that you're lucky.
2: I think I'm slightly broken, and I'm lucky in that but regard. What is, the
1: bro- what, what is the broken? Do you think?
2: Well, I'm like uh, there's some some kind of of receptor. That, that doesn't receive rejection I just never have received i, I,
1: I can 't wrap my head around this you don't i don 't believe it object, you don't, i don't believe it you don't same
2: rec- thing that got me through the army i don 't believe i don 't believe anybody
1: and you truly in your core you truly
2: i don 't believe the good things i say either i oh. I don't I don't read reviews. I don't want to know reviews. I don't believe the good ones that leads me down a bad path. I don't believe the bad ones that leads me down another bad path. So he definitely basically
0: knows who he is so and he's not dependent on the world to tell him or inform this is, him as to who he is. Yes, exactly.
1: That's what that's what I'm getting from it is that you are so in tune with yourself that you know your truth and it doesn't matter what what is coming at you know this to be true. There may be some
2: truth in that but I, I think I'm so in tune with what's right and what's wrong with what's good and what's bad uh, and, and I have a value system my wife has the same system
0: mm-hmm.
2: we know what feels good and what feels bad and why and and what's true and what's false and it's like we're we, we spend so much time, that's all we talk about. And that's plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's all day, every day. What's good for our children? What's bad for our children? What's right for our children? What's wrong? What's honest? What's lie? What's everything, not just about the children, about us too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it, life is, is require. it's like marriage requires work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Being a decent human being requires work. You can't just expect to be a decent human being and not put effort into it.
1: So, do you ever crave to do the wrong thing? Like, oh, sure. Okay.
2: Oh,
0: and I have
1: don't to, be too perfect. And here. I have done thing. You're, you're, you're being oh, no, a little no, no, too no, no, perfect no. here. I'm like, oh I took
2: a, a lot of. I took. a, have made a lot of mistakes. Okay. I've done a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. I've. I've. But I've made amends mm-hmm. for those things. I've worked my program. i mm-hmm. I do it. About everything, not just about mm-hmm. drug addiction. Mm-hmm. I make amends. I admit when I'm wrong. I, you know, you, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to take the blame. Be willing to take the blame immediately and make, make amends for it. So
1: it's being honest with yourself, but at the same time...
2: Be honest with yourself. Don't ask other people to tell you who you are.
1: Yeah.
2: Or what you're worth. Be your own gay.
1: And you really... It really would bounce off you. It really... It would
2: hurt for a minute. I'd be frustrated. But I wouldn't believe it.
1: What? I want... I want... I want what you have. I, <laughs> I want to learn to do that. I... I that so, that's so... That's... That's amazing. Because I am influenced by other people's opinion of me. To, a, to an extent. I mean, I know if I write a certain thing... And it makes me, I know it's funny. And nothing, anybody, you can look at me and not laugh and you cannot convince me it's not funny. I know when it's funny. I know when it's smart, I know when it's funny. In that I can do it, but I can't do it like across the whole board. Um, that's, that's.
2: I think one of the secrets is I don't ever think about results.
1: Haha
2: I think about the process. I, I, I live in the process. I'm, I live in gratitude all day, every day. That's if, huge. I, I'm grateful for every moment of every day. I'm grateful for every bad thing that ever happened to me. I'm grateful for all the pains that I've gone through. I'm grateful for every struggle that has seasoned me. I'm grateful for the... For do you the,
1: pray?
2: I don't. I'm not religious. You're not religious. Do I you am do spiritual. You do, you, do you meditate? Yes. I okay. all the time.
1: Okay, so. And I
2: surf. I sit, in the, I sit, I sit out on the so edge of the ocean staring out too... at the sunset and sometimes for hours, and I stare at Sarah, at, and I'll, I'll, you know, interspersed with a wave here and a wave there, but that's all this. I'm okay, looking so out, I'm, but I'm really looking in.
1: I'm getting this now. I think that's the secret. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the secret of your success right there, is that daily, is that, not daily, moment to moment gratitude, because I believe, I'm not the only, I mean, it's not my wisdom, but when we are grateful, the universe gives us more. Right? So if we are grateful for every single moment, then we just get more and more of those moments. It's as soon as we're like, why me, why not? Mm-hmm. Then the universe gives us more of that. Mm-hmm. But if every single moment you not every single moment, but if, if you are spending your life in gratitude, it's coming then then abundance I comes I think to your it. your
2: receiver is open. I think you can receive if you're if you're looking for great it's like my daughter, the actress Lily has um, taken classes in in uh, improvisation, in comedy improvisation. And she and I've never done I've never done that. Mm-hmm. But she said, Oh Dad, I said, What's the secret to improvisation? She goes, say yes. Yeah? And I said, say yes. She goes, yeah, say yes. You just if somebody says something to you, instead of saying, no, we, it's always, yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm doing. That's what gratitude is. Gratitude is saying yes
1: thus the takeaway that's it's right there that's it in a nutshell that's it really simply gratitude is just saying yes so just say yes and i cannot believe we've this is like a three-hour show it, it flew by like that this was fantastic thank oh, you thank so you. much this is i feel like i, I just go on and, on and on no there was not there was not a moment that wasn't compelling as hell and and i am grateful I'm glad. I'm glad. that you that you took the trip and it was really worth your journey because this I love is, doing it. This, this is gold. This is gold right here. And entertaining as hell. Fabulous <laughs> stories. But um, I, I hope that everybody out there has a fantastic Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, a grateful Thanksgiving. Uh, yes Thanksgiving. So when somebody asks you to help, say yes. Do you want pie? Yes. 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 <laughs> There's going to be plenty of that. Um, and so thank you so much, Gregory Harrison. My pleasure. And thank you so much, Louise Blanker. And um, we will see you next week on The Road ticket. Thank <laughs> you.